This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Carrying on then from uh, our discussions around this uh, big project, this uh, big picture project, what uh, was leaked this week, um, we're lucky enough to be joined by uh, Kieran. You probably know him as the Price of Football podcast and pretty much the expert on anything to do with football, money, uh, running, etc., uh, etc. Et so thank you very much for joining us today, Kieran, and, uh, and welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Mickey. Looking forward to this. Um, I listened to your show this week with Kev, um, and obviously there's going to be a new new one on Thursday night. You'll be going into it in more detail. I've listened to lots and lots of bits and pieces around it, but I don't see this as a benefit, especially not to Millwall. I don't see how this, um, some of the points maybe, but most of the points I can't see benefiting Millwall at all. Um, I think in the short term, it does benefit Millwall. If, uh, uh, if if you take a look at the club, it's got a £17 million a year wage bill. So it's paying out a million pounds and a half a month in, in wages. So, so that money needs to come from somewhere. Uh, yeah, and at present, I think John Beresford is is dipping his hand in his pocket and fair play to him for doing that. Uh, so Millwall need cash quickly 
Yep. Perhaps they don't need it as desperately as some other clubs in the championship. They, they probably don't need it as desperately as, the, as many of the clubs in League One and League Two. But uh, if, if you're reliant on the owner and the owner hasn't got any cash, you've got a big problem. Going forwards, what's the ambition of Millwall? It's to get into the playoffs. It's to get into the Premier League. Okay. Um, by turning the playoffs into, instead of having a one in four chance of getting into the playoffs, you've now got one in three and you're playing a Premier League club, which is going to be tough because there is so much more money in the Premier League. I'm a Brighton fan. We got promoted to the Premier League three years ago. I'll be honest, it's not all it's cut out to be. You've probably got memories yourself of being in the top division. But it's still nice. And also, I think from a Millwall fan's point of view, you'll absolutely love it having Chelsea, West Ham, Spurs, Coming to the den. So, you know, if I was a West, if I was a Millwall fan, I'd be desperate for that. Um, if uh, it, it reduces your chances of getting into the Premier League, and once you're there, it certainly reduces your chances of staying in the Premier League. Because the first thing that they do under these proposals is they take twenty-five million pounds a year out of your TV money, and they say, uh, "Well, you might get relegated, so we're going to keep this in a separate pot, and we'll give that back to you when you're." when you're relegated. So they do that for the first two seasons. So they take 50 million pounds out of your, uh, out of the pot, which you'll be wanting to use to sign players, to uh, recruit uh, in terms of management, to, to keep some of your best members of your squad by offering them enhanced contracts. All of a sudden you're now operating with, with one hand behind your back. And let's face it, it's, it's tough enough surviving um, in, in the Premier League. So, so there are going to be some some genuine winners from this. I think clubs in League One and Two, uh, I can understand absolutely why they all voted for this. Uh, it doesn't affect Liverpool and Manchester United because what they're going to be allowed to do is to sell eight games a year overseas using their own streaming platforms. And that's great. But Millwall will be able to do the same if they're in the Premier League. But you know as well as I do, it's, it's not going to be that easy because Millwall's a local club. And we're not getting, I mean, even now during lockdown, I mean, we're not getting the numbers. I mean, you're looking at 1,600 people on iFollow. I mean, iFollow is not great. Um, but I also see, you know, this talk of £250 million loan to the EFL clubs is, I think there's other conditions that are going to come in. And I think that this is a back route for B teams or feeder teams or basically going to use the EFL as a feeder team um, into the Premiership because I've heard as well that the, the Premiership is looking and, and and has approached EFL clubs and whatnot to get permission or to get their backing about bringing in 16-year-old foreign kids and wanting to use uh, football as a way of um, getting them settled in this country, getting them legally inputted into this country when surely that's going to penalise our youngsters um, coming up through development clubs, etc., etc. Well, I'm, I, I've read, I've read the sort of the details of Project Big Picture, and it's it's difficult to work out what their ultimate aim is. But certainly, in terms of development, it's going to be it's going to be tough because um, Premier League clubs will be allowed to to loan fifteen players each per season. So that's 270 players going into uh, the, the the championship, League One, League Two. 
uh, League One and League Two clubs will be allowed to dismantle their academies. So that means, A, it reduces opportunities for local kids. B, it reduces employment for local for local people. Because if, you, if you've got a, an academy scout, the chances are that he, he or she, or whoever it's going to be, you know, they're, they're going to be somebody that's, that is from Northampton, that is from Morecambe and so on. So uh, the clubs will get more money, but it comes at, at a big cost. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're Millwall. You're, you're not West Ham B. And, and you don't want to ever be West Ham B. No, exactly. You know, that would be that would be an absolute insult to the history and the heritage and what you see as a Millwall fan. Um, so the the noises that were coming out last week, you know, which were coming out of Manchester City, uh, trying to persuade people that uh, that uh, B teams are a way forwards. You can see it from from the the point of view of uh, the, the big teams, you are being used as incubators yep, for them. Um, and all of that element is is being ignored. There was, there was a presentation made by Rick Parry to the club owners last night, and it was, you know, it was very slick. It was very professional. Somebody described it to me you know, as, as a bit like you know, a, a student making a presentation uh, the, the numbers involved look really good, but they're based on assumptions, which, which in my view, uh, are not really justified. How, how can the Premier League sell its rights and get more money when the Premier League's going to be smaller and when Manchester United and Liverpool and Chelsea, they can sell eight matches a season overseas? Because presently, the Premier League sells all the matches. So, you know... It, some of the stuff simply doesn't make sense. There's there's another issue that it's being sold as two hundred and fifty million pounds and twenty five percent of future Premier League TV money, and that sounds it's fantastic. Not. If it something does on paper. it does look on paper, then you look at the small print, and I've got the documents in front of me. What it actually says is that that two hundred and fifty million pounds is an advance. So therefore, it's going to be subtracted from the twenty-five yeah. percent. So you know, it, it's all a bit smoke and mirrors. Um, it, it's all being taking place behind closed doors. Uh, we've seen the chief executive of the EFL quit this week. Um, there was a report uh, actually set up by the EFL, which recommended in. January that the EFL should have three independent directors. So you need independent people any, anywhere because otherwise things can go wrong. That was rejected by the EFL board. But if all of this stuff was taking place at the same time, you can understand why. Yeah, yeah because they obviously want to be able to push this through as best they can. Um, I think that banking on TV rights, and again, hopefully I'll, I'll be speaking to another expert a bit later on um, on this subject, but I think TV rights have changed. I don't think people now want to necessarily watch different teams for 90 minutes when they could watch a seven-minute video in the morning on the commute to work to get all the best parts of the game. Because some of these games, especially in lockdown, are not great fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and I think the whole media TV rights bubble is slowly but surely changing. And I don't think TV companies are going to be paying five, five and a half, six billion pounds for TV rights 
forever and a day going forward, especially not when Google, Amazon, etc., come into the marketplace and they can stream it everywhere. I mean, I follow, you can't, you, you know, you can watch on your phone for a, um, for a website link, but you can't actually watch it, for instance, on a smart TV. And, yeah. and there's other conditions around it, as in Google, um, no doubt Apple will probably come into the marketplace. Um, Amazon will blow the, the current media setup to bits. Yep. Um, and you're absolutely right, Mickey. You know, what, what you might find is that they'll start selling matches as micro payments. So, you know, if, if it is, you know, Burnley, if, if it was, even if it was Aston Villa versus Liverpool last week, and, I, and by that stage, I, I just had enough of football. So, I, I, I'd say, but when I saw it was 4-1 to Villa, I thought, Jesus Christ, I want to watch this. Now, if they could go and sell you 15 minutes, you know, you get the, the goals that have already taken place yeah. plus the next 15 minutes for one ninety nine or two ninety nine. I go, yeah, yeah, this, this sounds really tasty. So you're absolutely right. The way that we consume football is going to change and the big clubs want a slice of that. And part of me says, I fully understand. You know, they're, they're, don't, don't think that the Glazers have got any love for Manchester because they haven't. No. No. You know, how, how many matches have they been to? And you know, business is business. And, and unlike the German system, which would have prevented the, these type of takeovers, we've effectively said to anybody with a big checkbook, come on down. Now, the trouble is there's no such thing as a free lunch in the short term. Clubs do need the money. Um, clubs are desperate for the money they've got to pay them the next set of wage bills. But that's coming at a free price. It's, it's the equivalent of if, if you're drowning and somebody says, I've got a life belt here, I'll throw it to you. But I want the keys to your car and your house. You probably give them because the alternative is you're going to drown. So mm. you know that's where we are. Do you believe that the government is holding out on a package for the championship? Um, definitely, I can't see him really entertaining the Premier, but the championship on the pretense that the Premier will help the championship and the lower leagues, and obviously take um, pressure away from the government regarding paying multi-millionaires, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the, the, the way that the Premier League conducts itself, whereby I, I have no issue to working-class lads earning large sums of money. I'm from a working-class background myself. So I, I, I have no issue with players' wages. But um, from a gov- you think about it from the government's point of view, they, they don't want to be seen to be subsidising or bailing out millionaires and, and that 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 has some resonance. I don't think the government understands football uh, in terms of where it comes from, in terms of the identity it gives to yeah. you as a supporter of Millwall. Or I know you don't like West Ham, but if you're West Ham, you're West Ham. You know, and, it, yeah. and it is part of you. It's part of your upbringing. Um, and so I, I don't think the government gets that. Uh, some MPs do. Some, some MPs are absolutely brilliant. We, we, yeah, we've had them on the show. Um, but in the main, they they think of it as more of a business, and it, it's it, it's it's a convenient target because sometimes footballers and football clubs don't really help themselves, and we've seen that happen uh, in recent weeks. So it, it becomes a whipping boy for for government when you know there's a bit of pressure on them. Um, the government could come out of this smelling of roses. The government could say. We are going to bail out Premier League, sorry, the championships. Certainly, the, the, the Premier League doesn't deserve it. 
and, and, and to be fair, I don't think it's asking for it. Um, we're going to bail out the championship, League One and League Two, and that's going to come at a price as well. We're going to have an independent regulator of football, and they are going, yeah, yeah, we've got Ofcom, we've got yeah. off what for the water industry. Well, why not off foot? And, mm. you know, and all of a sudden, uh, we, we get things being operated in, in a more professional manner. Some of the stuff that goes on in football, frankly, is embarrassing. And, and that's all, of, you know, some of, the, some of the really creative stuff. You've got clubs paying players' mothers to, to make sure that, that, you know, that, that doesn't count for FFP purposes because the mother is deemed to be an academy scout. She's yeah, getting yeah, seven hundred grand a week for it. Yeah. Well, well, seven hundred. Yeah, seven hundred grand a year. I think it was. But, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, or, and when you hear stuff like that, you go, "Well, how, how can how can we how can we ask for the government from the government any help?" Well, what you've got to do is to introduce, uh, yeah, have a regulator with genuine teeth, um, and the government said this is the price that the football industry will have to pay. Um, and that way, we football can retain its independence. Yeah, because also, I mean, we know, obviously, you know, and I know um, two clubs who I think have been found innocent, but they, you know, they sold their stadiums to their owners, uh, inflated price, and then basically brought it back at a lower price so that it, it, it or, or bought it at a lower price so that it basically affected FFFPP or FFP so that they could then get away without breaking um, those rules, which again, we know is. It is probably within the rules, but it's very, very on the edge of those rules, which again doesn't make it fair for everybody competing in that league. Yeah, yeah, and and, and the rules have not been well. They they have been broken by Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday have had a twelve point penalty, and are appealing. Yeah. Derby County were found innocent of, of the charges, but the EFL are appealing. Um, so what we need is, is a regulator who sets proper rules. Before 2016, Mickey, you were not allowed to sell your stadium and book it as a profit. The EFL changed the rules themselves in 2016. So I have no issue with clubs doing it because mm. ultimately they voted for it. There's no point whinging about it. Yeah. But you know, you've got to ask, well, why are, we, why are we allowing the rules to be changed like this? It, it's, it's a sheer nonsense. And it's That's not fair on clubs like Millwall. Because no, you're trying to compete in, in an absolute beast of a division. I mean, you look at you look at teams who come down. I mean, take Sunderland, OK, now they're in League One. But until they went down to League One, even in League One, they still had a player on 68 grand a week. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's there's nowhere near a player um, on that wages at Millwall. I think probably we've got a wage cap of maybe, you know, 8, 10, maybe 12 grand. And then probably add-ons added on on there um, just by looking at the wage bill a year. But... When you've got teams what are in free fall, um, you just wonder how they're going to make money. You know, they can get by with a couple of seasons of the parachute, but then when that parachute payment's stuck, they're pretty much out on their own. Yeah. Um, in a in a you know in a in a world where people are going to see them in trouble and take all their best players, and and really there's no way for them to come back up easily because the EFL, um, the the football setup as a whole is programmed to make them fail if they don't have the financials there to back it. Yeah, yeah. Fair comment. Fair comment. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, where do you see this big project going? Do you think that teams, I think in principle, in people I've spoken to, probably same as you, in principle, people like this idea. They're not too keen on the loan. If it was a bailout, 
without loads and loads of conditions, they would be um, interested in it. But I think while it's loaded with um, terms and conditions that aren't necessarily beneficial to championship clubs, um, they will probably keep batting this around at the moment. I think the Premier League needs to come up with an alternative to uh, PBP. Uh, the government, I mean, the fact that you've got the Prime Minister coming out against it, and he's he's effectively saying it's pretty sneaky. Yeah. Uh, you've got clubs such as Millwall, and I've never thought I'd be saying anything nice about the owners of Millwall, but they, they, they appear, and, and Villa, yeah, we, and certainly my club at Brighton, yeah, we're not in favour of it. That it's quite clear that the medium-sized clubs, those are the that's where the money's coming from. So, so if you look at what's going to happen in future football, Manchester United, Liverpool, and Chelsea, the rich are going to get richer. Yeah. The poor clubs, I think they will be better off financially. What we have seen, every time you've given clubs in the championship extra money, they just go and spend it straight on wages. So the clubs aren't going to be better as organisations. Um, the, the, the losers are going to be the clubs that want to get into the Premier League, i.e. clubs in the championship such as yours. Yeah. The clubs in the bottom half of the Premier League, because two of them are going to effectively disappear, and the rest are yeah. going to spend all of their time avoiding relegation. And, and when they do go down... It is. It is going to be a car crash, um, and the the two clubs who are being kicked out of the EFL. No, listen. I think. Well, yeah. I I see these rules are there to benefit the Premier League to make more money with friendlies and overseas exhibits and all that, which is all about shirt sales and and everything yeah. else because that's where they make all the profit. They get bigger sponsorship deals, more money up front, cheaper goods, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, if people don't realise how the the clothing market works within football, then then look it up. It's it's all about, you know, loads of money up front and expensive yeah. shirts or a little bit of money up front and obviously cheaper cost on the shirts. So, yeah. you know, I can see the bigger teams making out of that by going to Thailand and, you know, Singapore and China and stuff like that, creating interest in those countries fine. Um, I think you only need to look at the TV rights of the team bottom of the Premiership gets a hundred million pound a year, yeah. and teams in the Championship get six million pound a year. Just shows you how far adrift it is. Yeah. Do I want Premiership dictating the TV rights for the Championship? Um, pretty much no, because they're always going to dictate their higher fee. But I also don't agree that the Championship have the negotiation powers to create maximum worth or maximum wealth for what they're worth um, yeah. without being tied into a premiership package. Will that change once streaming comes on? Don't know. Possibly, could do. But again, it's all down to who your name's. Uh, the wage cap they're talking about coming in is only going to benefit the Premier League because it means that the top players will only be playing in the Premier League and not in the Championship. Um, and also it gives them easy option. If there is a half-decent player in the Championship, they're just going to go, hello, mate, you're on six grand a week here. We're double that. Do you want to come to us? And it yeah. and it will make it easier. Um, as long as teams like Man City have an elite under fives, I think that football as a whole is on a slippery slope, which pretty much in maybe another 20 years isn't necessarily going to see um, the same interest and the same involvement mm. what it is now. My My view going forward is... I think teams now are going to have to look at fan retention rather than 
getting new fans on board because if this goes on like it's saying till April, May, uh, March, April, May, before fans are allowed back in stadiums, then I think a lot of people would have got out of the habit of going to football, out of the habit of watching it, out of the habit of, of turning up at the den, realising the, the money they've saved. Mm. And I think it's going to be a whole different PR move for clubs to be able to retain their fan base. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And going back on some of the things you said, um, the, the EFL were offered £375 million last week for a 20% investment. So they weren't giving away control uh, and it was rejected. And the clubs weren't consulted. It was no. rejected by the people at the top who seemed to have, I think, a bit of a conflict of interest. Um, also, if you take a look at the small print of Project Big Picture, the Premier League Big Six, i.e. Joel Glazer, and John Henry of Manchester United and Liverpool, they can set your wage cap. Yep. Good luck. That's yes, then and and yeah, no, I agree. I think that is that is the very, very dangerous when you're letting the enemy basically mm. say how much you're gonna pay someone. Um yeah. and I think they and I mean the final point it's just really see what your views on this is, is you posted something this morning, um, obviously about the Stoke owners three six five that she got paid two hundred and eighty odd million pound for the year is it not time that again if we had a regulator with teeth that you could sit there and go actually betting and football there's going to be a subsidy now there's going to be uh, a tariff that all bets regarding football 10% 20% whatever it is will come back into grassroots football through a government owned body not the FA and whatnot because obviously you know, I don't think they're trusted to be able to put it back in. But is that an avenue to go? Because on one hand, football says, you know, gambling's wrong, gamble aware, et cetera, et cetera. Look at the sleeves for the championship. You know, one arm sky bet, the other one be cautious when you gamble, et cetera. Everyone seems to have a betting, someone betting within their setup. Do you think yeah. it's time now that we possibly put tariffs on having betting companies involved in football as much as they are? I actually, funnily enough, I, I, I put this out yesterday. I, I put out an alternative to uh, Project Big Picture. And I said, even if it's a 1% one, 1 tariff on, mm. on gross bets in football, yeah. that would raise about £140 million a year. And also suggested putting a 3% a, a tariff on all transfers over £10 million, which again goes back into, into lower league football. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you entirely, Mickey. Uh, I have no issue with with the owners of, of Stoke City. They, they've actually done what, what they do around Stoke is fantastic. Yeah, no, um, I just I agree. Uh, so I've, but to say that they are in need of a bailout, and to be fair, I don't think they've asked for it. But uh, mm. um, but the way it's being packaged is that all the clubs in the championship yeah. need a bailout. Um, if you take a look at uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth, uh, when they were in the Premier League, got three pounds out of every 100 through the turnstiles. So the turnstiles aren't clicking this year, but Bournemouth yeah. aren't suffering. They've yeah. also sold Nathan Ake for 45 million. They've sold Callum Wilson. You've got Norwich who have sold a couple of players as well. You, yeah. you know, you've got all these clubs that you've mentioned. If if uh, if these clubs can sell their stadiums for 80 million quid for 60 million quid, did they are they in need of a bailout? I don't I don't think they are. But you know, clearly they've got owners. And I'm not saying that you know, it's unfair, perhaps, on the owners, but you know, life's unfair for a hell of a lot of people at present. You know, think about the millions of people who have lost their jobs, millions of people who 
who are cooped up indoors and are kicking the shit out of their missuses because they're frustrated and 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 so on. You know, so I don't feel too sorry for billionaire or multi-millionaire football club owners. No, and I think if you know we we finalise, we finish this up with you've got teams like Millwall who own the stadium but don't own the land. They don't own their training ground. They they rent the training ground back because they sold it you know, probably 10 years ago or so, because obviously when they were in trouble before, you've yeah. got someone like John Berylson who's ploughing in, um, rumoured to be um, around a million pound a month and their income stream just pretty much collapsed off a cliff. Mm. So yeah. obviously they are doing lots to try and get, the stupid thing is, is that they're allowed to do a beanbag and invite people in for a drink and food and charge you know, some fans are saying it's it's a bit high. I think it's, you know, probably the right sort of price to a degree in current situation. It is going to, you know, isolate most of the fan base, to be fair, and it's only going to be there for the ones what are doing perfectly okay through this. But yeah. how is it that you can go to a football game and watch it on a telly inside a, a football lounge, but you can't go into the stadium? I just think until the government makes one decision one way or another... Um, football teams are very, very close to the edge. And I'm hearing, which you probably have as well, that there's potentially 20 teams between Championship, League One, League Two, what potentially could go to the wall by yep. Christmas. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you entirely. So some, so a rescue package is needed now. Yeah, yeah. I think the government has a responsibility because the government has stopped fans from coming to matches. Yes, definitely. Uh, we, we had a meeting last night at, at Brighton where one of the things they're thinking of coming up with is is using the club car parks, putting big screens there, and you watch the match from your car yeah, outside no, the stadium. I think Millwall's fault there, but the biggest thing for them is their car park's not big enough. Yeah. Um, but obviously, but, but it's not, but it's not built, yeah. like Brighton, it's big enough. It's massive. You could do it. Um, you know, it, it would make perfect sense, show the match live, all of that. But then you're probably looking into different regulations. That, you know, don't forget all of this problems going on with TV rights, etc., etc. At the moment, Sky is holding that big checkbook over people's heads and saying, well, if you don't give us these, then we want some of our money back. They've done it yeah. in the championship where if you, you don't fulfil what we want, then we want £10 million back off each of you for TV rights or, you know, this, that and yeah. the other. I mean, yeah. You know, so it's, it seems as if football's under attack by everybody. The Premier League, the FA, the, the TV rights producers, the sponsors. Because, I mean, if you're a sponsor right now, would you be paying? No, no you're not getting what you paid for. And, and I don't blame any of these. Or, no, you know, no, I don't Everybody's blame suffering. Everybody's suffering. I think it's just easy to look at it. I mean, the final word, I suppose, is that we're just easy to look at it as we can't go to football. But actually, when you look at it in a business mind and go, well, actually, they're not getting fans through the doors. The players are still being paid. The, you know, merchandising stuff for the players still needs to be paid. We still need to pay the staff around the team, everything else. But... The rest of the staff we don't need because there's no purpose. Are they being made redundant? You know, we don't need this match day. The local businesses are affecting the, yeah. you know, the food, everything else. Because how many companies, what they're possibly trading with for food might go bust before they come back, which means yeah. then they've got to find other suppliers and the tie-in agreements and catering. I mean, most of these catering agreements do all these big venues 
Um, I think Millwall has the same people who does Tottenham and some other clubs. Potentially, these people could go bust yep. before we come back. Then, yep. does it all go back in-house? Does it do this? Does it do that? I don't know. I mean, it, there's on a business point of view, I think there's a lot more danger to clubs than what we possibly want to think at the moment. Um, and I'll be grateful if we get to March, April, May, and Millwall is still trading um, as much as they are. Yeah, and I hope that's the same for all of the 92 clubs. I mean, a mate of mine that owns a boozer close to Brighton, you know, he's next to Brighton Station. He said he's, he's 20 busiest days of the year when, when when matches are taking place at home. It's exactly the same around the den. Yeah, yeah. Every and, other weekend. Everybody's yeah. suffering. Yeah. Everyone. Well, look, thank you very much for your time today, Kieran. You're an absolute legend as always. And no doubt we will we will speak again in the future. But yeah, thank you very much for your time. I know you're an extremely busy man. So thanks very much. Thanks and, and all the best to everybody at Millwall. I'm uh, I'm from the Elephant and Castle myself. My uncle Terry had a season ticket for 40 years. My uncle Tom had a trial in 1951. So I've got a lot of affection for the club. We'll have to do that again. We'll have to talk again about your trial at 1951 to see where we go on. But yeah, no worries. We're, we're sorted out. But again, thanks very much for your time. Space. Cheers. Bye-bye. All the best. Bye-bye. At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to keep you moving. With a full range of services from oil changes and tire rotations to filters, wipers, and more, we've got what your car needs right when you need it, so you're ready for whatever's next. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care? That's a job for Jiffy. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. That new doctor is dropped at gorgeous. Please, he's just another RV League educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.